some time yesterday just driving outside, enjoying the weather and the sun. Went down A1A across 17th and back up north. Uh, decided to swing by the stadium, man, and it was the most majestic sight. Just being bathed in golden rays from up above made me realize, man, I really miss Inner Miami and I want my baby back. Golden rays, golden rays. God, I love it, Jay. And good news for you, brother. We're not too far off. Welcome, everybody, to the Inter-Miami podcast. Welcome, everyone, and good morning, Vietnam. Wanted to give Vietnam a special shout-out, new country tuning in to us. Um, and also, a big shout-out to all of our listeners. We saw another skyrocket in listenership for the Will Trap interview. We thoroughly enjoyed that. Looks like the listeners and fans did as well. Uh, thanks again for joining the podcast. If you haven't listened, go back and check out the Will Trap. Go check out the second Luis Robles interview. And we've got another fire one for you today. Fire one we have here today. New player on the podcast, but before we get into it, please follow us if you do not do so already on Instagram, on Facebook, Inter Miami Podcast, or if you want to drop us an email, please do so at Jay and Alex at Inter Miami Podcast or Inter Miami Podcast at gmail.com. Love talking to you guys all day, every day. This week has truly picked up. It definitely sounds like everybody enjoyed the interview with Will. And I got to say, don't forget to tell your friends who are soccer fans about the podcast. Fans. I see what you did there, Alex. You like that? You like that? Really, really cool story. Big, big, big supporter of the podcast, Mr. Yanni TZ Foss. He hit us up on DM this last weekend. He said, guys, you guys do an awesome job in giving back to the inner Miami community. Wanted to do something for you. That is a cliffhanger, as I like to call it. So be on the lookout for our social media handles, Instagram, Facebook, inner Miami podcast for all you soccer fans out there. All right. And big shout out to Bex himself, David Beckham. Celebrating his 45th birthday. Happy birthday to the GOAT. Happy birthday, David. Happy birthday. There we go. There, Jay. We'll, we'll, don't worry. We'll do a round of applause for you when it's your birthday. When's your birthday coming up, by the way? Uh, it was, uh, not was, but it is July 23rd. That was the Atlanta United Inter-Miami home game. So we'll see what happens if that game still goes off. I was very excited, but now my birthday is left in uncertainty. That's all right, man. Whether it is Skype, FaceTime, in person, on the phone, I'll be there to celebrate with you, brother. So no worries about that. We are thrilled to be back with everybody. We're, we're really excited to get into our guest today. It's our first time that have Mr. Dylan Nealis on the podcast. We will get into that player interview as soon as we kind of touch up on a little bit more recent news in this last week. Yeah, yeah. We uh, are very privileged to be able to have consecutive players on for, what, three weeks in a row now. So uh, Dylan, another stud national champion, man. It's going to be a great, great interview with him. Absolutely. Stay with us. But a few quick things before we get into it. Big news dropped last week. The season has been stalled since March 12th when we were at the foot or I'm sorry, the doorsteps of our first home game against the LA Galaxy. We have been put on pause for a few months, but as of May 1st, the MLS announced that individual workouts can begin on Wednesday, May 6th. 
basically saying that players may begin to use outdoor team training facilities and individual workouts as long as they're in compliance and the safety protocols of the MLS. And Jay, why don't you go ahead and share with everybody some of those rules? Yeah, this is very exciting news. I don't know if, if, if you're like me, you've probably watched the first two games uh, on replay a couple times just to, to be able to feel it again. But yeah, so the, the rules in place are there's going to be restrictions on training facility to essential staff only. The staff must keep 10 feet from players at all times, so social distancing will be enforced. Uh, clubs will have to use outdoor training fields at their facilities, um, divided into a maximum of four quadrants per field, a maximum of one player per quadrant may participate. Uh, sanitation and disinfection plans for all training equipment used by players and personnel, uh, screening surveys and temperature checks upon arriving at the facility, designating or designated parking spots and staggered player and staff arrival and departure. Personnel equipment uh, and possessions can only be used from the parking lot to the field. That is all. Or personal equipment, rather, not personnel equipment. Yeah, obviously some lofty rules and guidelines to go by, but I'm sure like we will hear from Dylan that everybody is thrilled to be back on the pitch. It doesn't matter if you're 10, 20, 50 feet away from each other, just being around one another, especially when we're an expansion team and all that team chemistry that has been built up may have been stalled. I know that we were doing, you know, more of some Zoom meetings about tactics and workouts over the course of the year, over the course of this uh, COVID isolation period, as I may call it. But I'm sure everybody on the team is thrilled to get back at it. Yeah, uh, and so are all the fans, right? So just to be able to fill the wind, fill the blades of glass on grass on your cleats will be nice. Uh, hopefully, it will be happening soon, though. We can get these the season resumed. I, you know, it, we have yet to see if will if the home games will allow fans or if they'll just play with the with just the players, um, you know, and then broadcast that. Yeah, along with other options regarding the actual games themselves. One of the things that we touched about, especially with Luis Robles joining us on the podcast a few weeks ago, was just this simple, you know, I guess emphasis on giving back at a time of need. Really, really cool initiative that the team did this last week, um, supported and sponsored by Deliver lean they launched a food distribution drive at inner miami stadium we saw our good buddy friend of the podcast uh lewis robles join last week handing out food obviously a no contact zone but i think from week to week we're going to go ahead and see this type of initiative continue to i guess be held at the stadium so if you need to go ahead and swing by please do so if you only do need supplies uh, obviously supplies are limited but i'm sure we'll be able to see a few more of the players join in that awesome awesome cause coming up yeah it's uh it's awesome to see everyone give back and, and do everything they can if you're in a position we highly encourage you give back as much as you can we are all uh riding on this this bus this train whatever you want to call it we're all in this together and if you are are in a privileged position to be able to help out please do so there are many people who are in need Yes, and obviously Jay and myself are co-hosts of the Inner Miami podcast. We love podcasts. We've been a fan for podcasts for as long as I can remember. And Jay, I don't know if you did because we haven't talked about this yet. But did you happen to hear the Dan Levitard podcast a few days ago? I have not. I, I, I've heard that they were talking about Inner Miami, but I've not been able to listen to it yet. They were. They actually covered two of my favorite things. Still something that you need to get into, my friend, is Ozarks. Go ahead and check out that show. But Dan Levitard and the boys got into Ozarks as well as Inner Miami. As we know, Dan Levitard 
is from the University of Miami, born and raised in the Miami. Actually, I don't know if he was born down here, but he definitely was raised and grew up down here in South Florida, been a cornerstone of sports over the last 30 years or so. But he touched on, uh, not Dan specifically, but the show touched on an interesting question that I wanted to ask you. They started talking about the actual season restarting, meaning that the LAFC game and the DC United game may not actually count to our regular season record. What's what's your take on that, Jay? Yeah, so I've seen a, a few of those stories circulating around. Um, you know, I, I, everything right now is just an idea, right? So, you know, just a couple of weeks ago, we, we were hearing that they might just cancel cancel the entire season, that they're going to somehow try and maybe do like two weeks uh, or two games a week to try and fit the schedule in, in its, you know, in the in time slot that they have allotted for it. Uh, but yeah, it looks like there is a potential for them to kind of wipe the, the 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 slate clean and start a brand new season once everything can resume. So, you know, I don't know if they're just going to count that as like exhibition or preseason matches, but it looks like, you know, the best 0-2 team in the league might be just on par and, and you know, starting fresh with everyone else. Well, shoot, man, we, we might have gone from the best 0-2 team in the league to the best 0-2, uh, 0-0 team in the league there. But Yeah, exactly. Um. <laughs> but the, the key thing is that these are ideas. Nothing has been you know put in stone, signed. They're just floating around ideas for you know resuming this, the, the season. So just stay tuned, keep an ear out for that, and it'll be uh, very interesting to see kind of how, how that plays out. I mean, what, like, what are your thoughts on that situation? Honestly, I think the idea of racing, erasing two regular season games that were played, that there were no specific violation of any rules or gambling or anything like that is a little bit ludicrous. Um, I think that the games were played. um, Obviously, it didn't have the result that we wanted. We are 0-2, but I think that just the actual games being played should stand. But again, to your point, these are all kind of rumors that are swirling around the MLS world right now. But you know, to kind of get into your favorite subject, Jay, we were just talking about rumors and around the rumor cooler, as I like to call it. What are some player rumors that are in Miami has talk going on right now? Yes, let's go ahead and get into some of the fun aspects of this, the player rumors. And uh, I think the biggest one that came out was Mr. Luis Suarez could be leaving Barcelona. It looks like they're in a little bit of financial problems due to you know being the, one of the best teams in the world. They have some of the best players in the world. And with those players comes a very high price tag. So they're being hit a lot harder than like any MLS team just given the the salaries that they have to pay out so they could be looking to uh you know get get some players out to try and stay afloat looks like uh louis has been someone we've been targeting for months now but it looks like we might have a, an actual decent shot of getting them uh, in alongside another great player gareth bell for the arch nemesis of barcelona barcelona playing at real madrid uh looks to be leaving as well and there are even rumors of him potentially going to the chinese super league and inner miami and the mls is uh i would say a step above that so there looks to be some connections there he does have a relationship with david beckham uh beckham has ties to tottenham from earlier in his career that's where gareth bell really made a name for himself before leaving for real madrid so that'll be interesting one to watch and then a little kind of speculation here is uh alexi sanchez just recently bought a penthouse um, 
condo in Sunny Isles, Florida. So, you know, this can kind of be viewed as, as, as two ways. I'll go ahead and say the realistic one first is that, you know, everyone loves Miami and he might just want to buy a, a vacation house uh, or home. But there's also the speculation that maybe he's setting himself up to be, you know, one of the prime targets for Inter Miami because he's already going to have a place there and he has played for some of the best clubs uh, really in the world. Uh, not too old, only 31, but, you know, came up out of, out of River Plate, played for Barcelona, Arsenal, Manchester United. He's now at Inter Milan with one of my favorite players, uh, Romelu Lukaku. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. But things will be heating up as we get more and more into the summer. Um, again, as we mentioned on the previous episodes, FIFA is still trying to figure out what to do with the delayed season because the transfer window is supposed to open after the season and the games and the money paid to players. So all that's kind of still trying to be worked out. But uh, man, it's, it's exciting times ahead as we're going to gonna hopefully be wrapping up that third DP spot here soon. And any of those three players you listed, Jay, would be a fantastic addition to the team. You touched on it. We still have our third DP slot that actually might be filled before this season gets going. But obviously, it comes down to a little bit more of the transfer window that goes on. But regardless of who we do sign, that added advantage for MLS with the DIA slot is fantastic and something we need to use to our advantage, which we will. But without further ado, let's get into the part that everybody has joined us for our interview with our third overall draft pick in our most recent draft, Mr. Dylan Nealis. Let's do it, buddy. Yes, it brings me great excitement to introduce to everybody out there, Mr. Dylan Nealis. How are you today, my friend? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me on, guys. Absolutely. Thrilled to have you aboard here. And I know the fans have been excited and really wanting to meet you for the last, God, betterment of since March, beginning of March, since you joined the team. So, you know, we haven't formally welcomed you to the team as an Inner Miami podcast guest. But first and foremost, welcome to South Florida. Appreciate it. Yeah, I've been uh, waiting to see all those fans in, in person after some games, but uh, I guess we'll just have to put that on hold for now um, and get through this thing. Yeah, it's uh, definitely strange times that we are living in. Um, but for those of the those of the listeners who uh, don't know, Dylan was the Big East Conference Men's Soccer Defender of the Year in 2018 and 2019, uh, NCAA Division One Men's Soccer Tournament Most Outstanding Defensive Player in 2019, led the Georgetown Hoyas to the national championship, and was a finalist for the Mac Herman Trophy. Um, but what many people might not be aware of, uh, something that I recently learned is you actually have three older brothers who all played soccer, uh, Jimmy, who also played for Georgetown and the New York Cosmos and Sean, who currently plays for the New York Red Bulls. What was it like growing up in that strong of a soccer family? Yeah, it was interesting. Um, definitely tough first to say the least. Um, you know, you always had your brothers to follow, um, and it didn't help that they were also great players, you know, because you, you have people constantly comparing you to to your brothers and asking, you know, are you going to turn out to be the same? Um, you know, and I always kind of use that as motivation. Um, you know, I always wanted to have, have those bragging rights over my brothers and, and see if I could turn out to be one step ahead of them or just, um, you know, go a little go a little farther than them. So I, I always have a couple of bragging rights over, over Jimmy who went to Georgetown because his team lost in the <laughs> national championship but uh i, I found a way to, to figure it out so so it's fun what were those uh backyard days like you know playing soccer after school with your brothers 
Um, uh, to be honest, I don't remember a lot of them, but you know, a story I think my brothers always like telling is, um, you know, we had a goal in our backyard, and since I was the youngest, they always put me in goal, and they would <laughs> fire shots at me, and you know, I, I would, I wouldn't want to leave until I saved all of them. Mm-hmm. Just taking rockets, um, and you know, not many people have had the privilege. Uh, of winning the NCAA championship. Kind of tell us about what that experience was like and the run to get up to that. Yeah, it was, a, it was an unbelievable moment. You know, I, I think, um, especially getting it right in my senior year, um, it kind of just all came true. Um, but yeah, it, it took a lot of hard work, a lot of dedication. Um, our, our team was, was very good that year. I think us and UVA were, were definitely the top two teams, and it kind of showed in that final, you know, 3-3. Three, three, in regular time and then regular regular time wasn't even enough to, to solve it so um yeah it was unbelievable to to share that opportunity with you know teammates you you've um been living with been going to class with and doing everything for four years since it is truly incredible was there something that you and the team did after winning the national championship to celebrate so we actually um since we were in north carolina we were staying in a hotel so um, you know, all my brothers are there, all the alumni from um, that 2012 team that, that Jimmy was on that, that didn't win the final. <clears throat> a good amount of them were there as well. Um, so we, we had a little post-game celebrations in, in the hotel afterwards. It was a lot of fun. Definitely a night to remember. Yeah, I'm sure. That's uh, definitely one of those memorable moments that not many people get the experience of. Um, for, for people who don't know, you were you were drafted third overall. Um, first draft pick went to Robbie Robinson. Did you know each other prior to the draft, or did you have a sense that you were both going to be joining at Inter-Miami? Um, so I think we both had a, had a little sense. I think he knew a little bit more than me. Um, so I, I, I never knew him beforehand. Um, we never, we never played against each other, which, uh, I was wishing we kind of would have, um, you know, Clemson lost to Stanford in the sweet 16. Um, and we, um, uh, advanced. Shots fired. So we went against <laughs> each other in uh, the final four, but, um, Stanford beat Clemson instead. Um, but we actually met at the, uh, Herman trophy banquet. Um, I think that was in January. Um, so we got to talk a little bit there too. And, you know, I remember saying, you know, it'd be kind of funny if, if after all this, we end up being teammates and the next thing you know, <laughs> both get drafted by Miami. Hey, we will take, uh, you know, two Herman finalists, uh, any day of the, of the week. So that was pretty awesome to see. Uh, we're always kind of curious of the story behind kind of how you got to where you are in particular, particularly, um, you know, when did you really sense that you were, you know, being that you were going to be a great player and, uh, how did you decide on really focusing and becoming a defender? I, it looks like you played midfielder as well, I think, uh, in, in high school a bit and, and maybe some in college. But kind of when did you decide to to shift your focus at, you know, this could be the career and this is the position I'm, I'm going to focus on? Yeah, you know, I, I was always a forward um, when I was younger. And then, you know, I kind of transitioned to a winger just because I was kind of fast and, and pretty technical. And then I think it wasn't until my senior year in high school where uh, – my academy coach decided to put me at right outside back, right back. Um, you know, and I, I enjoyed it a lot because, you know, the defending part, you know, you kind of got to take pride in that. You know, not everyone wants to be a defender. So I said, sure, you know, I'll, I'll make it challenging for, for guys to get by me and, and not let them score. And then on the other hand, you, you get to attack as well, which, you know, I brought everything I learned from being a forward and winger back to, um, back to those days. You know, I brought to my outside back days, um, you know, it's funny. You, you don't 
you don't have a defender kind of keeping an eye on you when, when you're the outside back, you know, you kind of just get to join the attack and, and freedom, you know, and, and um, mm-hmm. create, create your own things from there. Definitely. And I mean, I don't know if, if, you know, if you haven't seen some of the highlights from, from Dylan in college, they're very impressive. One thing we've talked about numerous times on the show is that we love defenders who can also score. And we're not talking about just getting in the box, you know, coming up, trying to connect off a header. Uh, but you can actually score with your feet from outside the box and coming in from, you know, kind of that, that free run position from the back line. Uh, you, you're a serious threat, man. And I was very pleased to see, you know, the technical level that you do have, even though you're playing in a defensive role. Yeah, I enjoy it every time I can get forward as much as I can. You know, I always like to, to be a threat to opposing defenses, you know, because being on my side, you know, I, I understand what it, what I don't like and what makes me uncomfortable as a defender. So I, I just try and do that to uh, opposing teams. Yeah, and, and take us back to the point that you were drafted. I One of the questions that Jay and I always like to ask is, you know, how, how did you find out that news? Did you find out like the rest of us? Or how was that news broken to you that you were going to get drafted third overall by Inter-Miami? And then kind of a two-part question, how, how fast was that transition down here to the South Florida area and into MLS? Yeah, so um, yeah, I kind of had an idea probably a, a couple of weeks beforehand. You know, if if everything went correctly, that then Miami was most likely going to take me unless some some trade came in that they couldn't um, deny. Um, but yeah, so my agent told me kind of the morning of the draft, so I had an idea. Um, I kept it to myself just because you know I, I didn't feel like really sharing with anybody, but. Um, yeah, so then um, we were all watching uh, at this restaurant in Massapequa. It was nice. MLS sent like a little um, camera crew down. They recorded the whole thing. Um, and, you know, it was really cool to just hear my name be announced you know, over that that, uh, that live draft they had. Um, got to be there with family, friends, uh, cousins, aunts, uncles. It was, it was a lot of fun. They all got to experience it as well. And then... Um, I got a phone call later that later that day from Paul McDonough and uh, he, he was actually telling me a funny story that, that they knew they were going to pick me, you know, kind of weeks in advance before the draft. But uh, he just didn't want to let me know because he, he wanted me to, to be a little nervous <laughs> and sweat and wreck. But uh, I, I told him I wasn't nervous at all. So it was kind of hopefully it backfired on him. But, you know, that's kind of uh, the guy, the guy Paul is, you know, we like to have those, those fun, enjoyable conversations. Um, yeah, yeah. And then I got drafted, I think it was the 9th of January, and then I had about a week at home, um, wrap things up, and then I, I, I flew down to here in South Florida and uh, got ready for preseason. Wow. Well, it sounds like it was a special moment, kind of kind of funny how that played out. Uh, just, you know, give give the listeners a better idea of the type of player you, you are, right? Your approach to the game, uh, to preparation, to practice, to actual, you know, game time. You know, what, what can they expect from you throughout the, the, the seasons? Yeah, I think um, just coming from college, you know, it's it's a job now. You know, you're you're fighting for paychecks, you're fighting for food and food and water on the on the dinner table. Um, you know, guys, these guys have, have families to feed. Um, you know, so I'm approaching this. You know, I'm I'm gonna work hard every, every single day. I'm I'm gonna learn from the older guys. Um, you know, we have such a, a great group of older guys on this team. Um, you know, a couple of them just took me under their wing right right away, and you know, I'm definitely appreciative of, of them. Um, but yeah, you know, I'm going to come up and show it uh, every day. You know, I'm going to fight for my spot. Um, 
and whether I get that spot or not, you know, I'm going to come, come every day willing, willing to prove it. Great. And you talked about it, you know, it sounds like that there's a few older guys, obviously our backline's pretty experienced, you know, either Ben Sweat or Ramon Torres, you know, players like that. Who, who specifically has kind of taken you under, you know, their wing for lack of better words and kind of mentored you? I think um, mostly AJ De La Garza because you know, we were roommates the first preseason trip, um, so I got to spend some time with him. Um, you know, but that that whole crew is just great. You know, AJ, Lee, Luis, Roman, Ben. Um, you know, you really couldn't have asked for for a better group of older guys to to be with. Um, you know, even on and off the field, there's there's really great guys. And now, how is your Spanish coming along? It's good. So I actually took it in high school. Um, and I, I was, I was really good at it, but I, I kind of wish I took it in college. I didn't have to, I was in the business school, so it wasn't a requirement, but looking back on it, <laughs> yeah, right. of course I, I fell here and needed to learn some more Spanish, but I, surprisingly, it's actually pretty good. Um, I've been, I've been trying to keep up with it. I downloaded, um, Duolingo. I don't know if you guys know that app. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been trying to use that to just improve. Um, no, I think the base is there so I can get by in a conversation. Cool. Is anybody using you as like a, a translator for the time being? Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, me and um, funny story. Me and Andres were roommates the first two games. Um, you know, and I would teach him English, and he would teach me some more Spanish. So it's fun. Yeah, that does sound fun. Uh, it's kind of a funny question that Jay and I like to to talk about. It's 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 truly a mystery of the game, though, that people who aren't familiar with the soccer kind of world, you know, asked us really early on in the podcast. So it's always fascinating, to kind of dive into that element a little bit more. So so you know, here we are, you know, drafted to Inter Miami, first season ever expansion team. The whole South Florida area is going absolutely crazy. Fast forward to March first. How were your nerves before Game One versus LAFC? You know, obviously we'll get into more DC United when you got the start. But how were your nerves as a rookie entering into the professional ranks for the first time at that moment? Yeah, I kind of just tried to soak it all up. You know, um, that was a was a great home op- uh, a way opener to say the least. Um, you know, I think MLS matched us up for a reason. Um, you know, you kind of got to beat the best to be the best. So um, it, it was a great test for us. You know, I think kind of unfortunate how it ended. But I think it kind of just showed, you know, South Florida and the rest of the country, like who Inter Miami is. You know, you know, we fought to the last minute of that game. Um, you know, we, we weren't, you know, shy. We weren't backing down from LAFC. Um, you know, I, and I think after that, you know, every, everyone knew kind of what the team was about and, and who we were. Awesome. And, you know, you've got some, some preseason experience now you, you've got, uh, you know, I know everything was, was delayed, but you do have, you know, a game under your belt now. Um, what would you say have been the key, you know, major differences you've seen from the collegiate sport to the professional game? Um, I would say just the speed of, of play. Um, you know, everyone's good at this level for a reason, you know, um, you know, college, you, you might be able to get by with, with some lazy things because, you know, not everyone's as, you know, skilled or technically gifted. But um, here, yeah, it's just a, it's a, it's another level. It's a new level, um, you know, a lot faster. Guys are more physically stronger than you. They're probably some of them are faster than you. Um, and you just have to adapt. You know, you have to be kind of smart and, and witty about how, how you go on, how you play um, and how you handle each scenario. 
Was there a point in the LAFC game where you just kind of just sat back, looked up into the, the the stands and saw our group of fans in the top section and just was like, oh, this is surreal. I am playing professional soccer right now. Yeah, it was truly unbelievable. You know, I'd, lo- I'd love to say we, we, we're going to have the best of fans in, in the country. Um, you know, seeing seeing all, the, all those fans up there was truly amazing. You know, they made the, the track all the way from Florida to L.A. and it, it was truly special, um, you know, to have them there for our first ever game. Yeah, it was. And the fan base down here is exceptional. And we are all thrilled about what's going on. And we can't wait to get back on the pitch, which seems like it might be sooner than later here now. But, you know, before we get into that, you know, how, how was the news shared to you that you would start game two versus DC United? Um, yeah, so I was kind of in, in the rotation of the starting group in practice. So I kind of had a heads up um, that way, just just in practice, um, playing with the first first group. Um, and then, yeah, I think just a couple of days before we were, we were all watching film and, um, you know, it was just, just the first group first team of guys, um, and watching on DC. So I, I kind of had a feeling then. And you and Robbie are coming in, you know, as the, as the young guns, as the new guys, are there any stories you can tell us, you know, how, how have the, the older guys been treating you? Has there been any, you know, kind of rookie hazing or kind of fun they're having with you guys? <laughs> Yeah, I definitely wouldn't <laughs> wouldn't use the words hazing just coming from college and, and all those stories. But um, Jay's a frat guy; it's fine. Alex is a frat guy; <laughs> yeah, it's fine. I can tell. <laughs> um, no, but I mean, they definitely do make sure that we know we're rookies. I'll just leave it at that. Constantly um, <laughs> being reminded, you know, you, you you say one thing, it's just oh, you're a rookie. You know, shut up, you're a rookie. It's all <laughs> but it's, it's, it's good. all in good fun, right? It's all good banter, yeah. Uh, that's hysterical. And, and and obviously, you know, you're a soccer professional, you've been playing your entire life. But, you know, talk to the the listeners about, you know, some other passions and hobby you have outside of soccer. Um, keeping on the sports, I, I love playing basketball. Uh, I can confidently say I'm, I'll call myself the best basketball player on the team. Um, wow. Yeah, I, I was I'm, I'm willing to challenge anyone on the team. I played all four years in, in high school. Um, I would have loved to have the chance to walk on the Georgetown basketball team, but our seasons kind of collided, so I never really got that chance. And I figured if, if I want to take this soccer thing serious, then I probably shouldn't be playing basketball. Um, but, I, but I played intramural basketball, too, in college um, as well with uh, my teammates on the soccer team. It was fun. It's interesting to me that that you say that. I'm assuming you you probably followed Georgetown for a, a while, but I'm actually originally from Louisville, so you know, grew up watching the old classic Big East, and uh, have nothing but respect for the the Hoyas basketball team as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. When when did you make that decision to kind of focus solely on soccer? Obviously, you had some aspirations to walk onto the Hoyas basketball team, which is saying something. I mean, that's a dominant powerhouse. But when did you decide that hey, you know, soccer is the way that I want to go? Um, I kind of knew in high school, but I always wanted to keep playing basketball because, you know, I, I think it's pretty important to, you know, keep the, keep those athletic abilities, you know, be an athlete, you know, you could, everything could translate into the next sport. You know, um, I, I take certain skills from basketball into soccer. Um, but I, I played, so I played all, all throughout my high school years. Um, and since I was in a part of the academy team, I wasn't really allowed to. So I kind of did it secretly. Um, if you ask my academy coach, I think he found out because like my name was in the paper or something. <laughs> um, practice because I always had to shoot him a text saying like, "Hey, I'm gonna miss training today." And then one day he, he 
sent me back a text, good luck in your basketball game. And I was like, oh, shoot, <laughs> he knows. But, uh, um, yeah, I mean, I knew I was always going to play soccer in college because that's, of course, what my brothers did as well. Um, but, yeah, I was, I was playing basketball as long, as long as I could. And I'm just kind of curious, did, did your parents play soccer at all? They actually never did. And next thing you know, there's four boys playing college <laughs> soccer, three of them professionally. Well, they, they've dedicated their, uh, their lives to that sport yeah. and, you know, in, in another way outside of playing, um, you know, but given the, just the crazy situation we're all dealing with now, you know, everything being postponed, you know, there's talks about even seasons being, you know, canceled or the first few games, maybe, you know, not, not, you know, basically like a new season starting, but as that aside from all that, you know, what have you been doing to stay sane during this kind of Corona lockdown everyone's experiencing? Yeah. First, I just hope everyone's doing 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 well, staying safe out there um, in, in these crazy, uncertain times. But um, you know, I think each team has has been handling it differently. You know, I have some friends on other teams, and I tell them what we're doing. They they think we're crazy because um, we're doing so uh, so much. But uh, we've had we had these Zoom workouts probably like three times a week. Um, we all jump on a Zoom call, um, and it's run by Mauricio. Um, who's absolutely crazy, gets us fired up. Um, and then we have runs pretty much every day, except the weekends that we do. Um, you know, guys have been doing them wherever they could find space. Cause I know parks have been closed. Um, I think they just kind of reopened up now, but I I've been running in like an alleyway right, right outside my apartment. Um, so I know everyone's been keeping up with the workouts and runs and stuff, but um, just happy to, uh, to get back on the field. I think Wednesday, we're, we're officially allowed back on the field. I think individual training sessions are, are allowed. Yeah. So some big news dropped from MLS last week and you touched on it. You know, it sounds like on May 6th, or I'm sorry, March 6th, um, all the facilities that the teams can access will now be reopened. So I guess two part question is, you know, first off, you know, what's your excitement level and what's the excitement level of the team to get back out on the pitch and secondly you know what types of communication have you received as a player from the team regarding rejoining here this upcoming week yeah i mean i think you know speaking on behalf of everyone i think everyone's excited to at least get back on a field and, and touch a ball because i know for some guys it's probably just been runs and work, working out um you know so they probably haven't even been able to touch a ball much um yeah, I, I think um, everyone's just really excited to, to, to get back out there. Um, Communication-wise, you know, I think everyone's just taking it day by day, hearing what's coming from the, the PA and from the MLS as a whole. Um, yeah, I think it's important to take this um, pretty slowly because, you know, we don't, we don't want a second outbreak. But I think if this week of um, individual training goes well, then I think, you know, in a couple more weeks we'll have group trainings and then hopefully team trainings. Yeah, group, I mean, group trainings are going to be the next big thing. I mean, it sounds like that there's going to be some types of rules and kind of guidelines, I think, specifically like quadrants into the field that are going about. I know it's kind of a discovery time for everything, but um, needless to say, I'm sure everybody on the team is really excited. Obviously, this is a uh, expansion team. So the more time we can get together, um, the better. Yeah, of course. You know, it was, it's kind of tough because... We got the season rolling. We're all super excited to to be a part of the expansion team. And, and next thing you know, the season can't, uh, gets disrupted because of COVID nineteen. Um, and even quite interesting first year in the league, to say to say the least. 
No, I mean, it's a, it's very, very just uncertain times. Everyone's, you know, kind of having to adapt and change really everything from their work life, personal life, everything, uh, you know, we have, we have a lot of listeners really of, of, of all ages, um, all over the place, both male and female. Is there any, any words you could have, uh, any message you want to pass along to, to anyone kind of, you know, in this, in this boat with us going down this, uh, this Corona? Um, yeah, just, just keep staying safe. You know, if you're, if you're a soccer player, um, you know, keep finding touches on the ball. You know, I think that's important. Um, you know, I've been telling my academy coach's son, just, just keep finding time on the ball. Um, whether it's inside or outside, you know, keep working out, um, staying sharp because, you know, we'll, we'll get back to playing eventually. And I, I think, um, you know, normalcy will, will return, but it's just a matter of time. Awesome. Awesome. Well, listen, Dylan, we really appreciate you coming on the show and talking with us. The listeners I know are going to love it. Uh, we shared a little bit on social media on Friday that we were having you on and uh, the the messages and reactions we got were, were excellent. So uh, everyone is excited to have you on the team, man. We know there's big things in store for you. Um, but again, thank you so much for coming on. It's been a blast. Yeah, no, thank you guys. Really appreciate it. Um, to all those fans, can't wait to meet you guys eventually when, when this thing get, gets done. But uh... And you, you guys as well. Can't wait to meet you guys off the field as well. I'm looking forward to it. Well, we look forward to that day greatly. Uh, all the smiling faces back on the pitch, having some fun. We look forward to that, Dylan. And as we like to say, vamos Miami. And thank you for joining us. Vamos Miami. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. Dylan, living his best life. Living his best life, young up and coming player. We are so lucky to have uh, been able to select Robbie and Dylan, both Herman Mack finalists. Robbie won in it, but uh, Dylan, so much talent, man. He's, he's going to have a bright future. Yeah. If you talk about winning any draft process, it's coming away with two of the MVP finalists. And that's what we did. I know everybody's thrilled to have Robbie and Dylan on the team. Dylan, thank you so much for joining the podcast. You are a true, true asset to our team. And we look forward to seeing you grow as a player. Yes, and, and that will bring us to the end of the show. So thank you, everyone, for tuning in to the Inner Miami Podcast. I am Jay Kington, as always, with Mr. Alex Papa George. Follow us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, at InnerMiamiPodcast.com. Shoot us an email to Alex at InnerMiamiPodcast.com. Check out the website, InnerMiamiPodcast.com. Again, thank you, everyone, and vamos Miami. Vamos Miami, all you soccer fans out there. Love it.